You're listening to another episode of the Zag. Eric Kosob here, continuing our Teacher Appreciation Week series. Excited to be joined by 2019 NLC Tampa fellow, Kato Nordis here. We'll catch up with him. He's been working in a distance learning virtual space for probably who knows how long. Who knows what time is anymore. But we'll catch up with him and hear his thoughts on education these days. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get to it. All right, Kato, how would you describe the state of education these days? Well, it's in transition, that's for sure. You know, uh, we're now being forced into a space where we have to adapt quickly. And uh, if there's ever any time for differentiated, differentiated learning, where we're trying to reach each individual student at their level, uh, including at their level of technology, this is definitely that time. And in terms of your interaction with students these days. What does that look like? Are you uh, seeing multiple grade levels, multiple ages? Is it one class? Give folks a scoop on what you're doing day to day. Well, I'm in a unique space, Eric, because I'm an ESE uh, instructor for middle school and high school math students at an alternative school here in Tampa, Florida. So I deal with all ages from about age grade six up through grade 11. So was there a strong online component prior to this, or once the lockdown happened in your state is when you all switched? Uh, we switched uh, as soon as the, well, actually just before the lockdown happened. Our uh, leadership was kind of, uh, had a bit of foresight, and I think may have gotten a couple bugs in their ear <laughs> all the way up from Tallahassee uh, Department of Education. So we were read, we prepared the parents just before spring break. Uh, to switch, and we started getting devices out. We had we distributed over thirty-seven thousand uh, laptops to students. You know, I think I think families and and probably just the general population is learning how much of an intellectual exercise it is to prepare lessons for students. Right, you're seeing so many kids now at home, and 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 families uh, kind of pseudo homeschooling as they maybe have their kids on Google Classroom and and whatnot. It's a really hard intellectual exercise to do. I was curious for yourself, like what ways have you maybe had to develop new muscles as you've uh, adapted your teaching to online style or, or what things have you found that you used to do came in really handy, even though you're in a different platform? Well, Erica, it sounds like a two-parter. <laughs> so uh, so first, my, uh, my background is actually in information technology. Hmm. Uh, that's always been a passion of mine. And I just, you know, kind of uh, slid into education uh, around 2011 uh, because I kind of got tired <laughs> tired of being laid off and I felt I could positively impact uh, students, uh, especially with my background as a first-generation immigrant, hmm. you know, my background as uh, my culture as being uh, an African, African-American fellow who's lived in some of the tough neighborhoods in America and understands what uh, what at-risk youth really go through on a day-to-day -day basis just to make it into the classroom. So uh, so as far as the technology, I'd already been beefing up for quite some time on using, uh, you know, smart technology in my classroom to uh, make try to make the math lesson more interesting for the students. So now, you know, I'm just able to, you know, have a student jump on Zoom or similar technology, you know, every pretty much Every day or every other day, I'm talking with as many parents and students as possible. So I would say my communication, my parent communication, has definitely increased <laughs> by a large factor. You know, one of the things I'm curious about 
because the school year isn't over and in a normal flow and rhythm of a year, you'd have things like progress reports and, and, and grades. How are you measuring progress or how are you at least communicating skill progress to students or to families? Okay. Well, that's a great question. Um, again, uh, back to my, uh, back to my uh, assignment as an ESE or special education uh, instructor, which also means I am an ESE case manager. Uh, every, I have to uh, create progress reports for every student that goes along with their uh, report card, you know, every nine weeks. So, you know, that again, that's something that's done entirely electronically. I talk with all their teachers, find out how they're doing in each class, you know, whether they're meeting the goals set aside in their IEPs, you know, and then I, you know, I said document that official document goes out with the report card and their parents, you know, now have something concrete to work on with them for the next nine weeks. No, that, that makes sense. You know, thinking too about progress and, and, and monitoring, I, I imagine too, you're having so many conversations with, with students and getting a chance to connect with them personally. Yes. And that's, that's been a really uh, key part of this experience. What kind of conversations have, have stood out to you the most? What do you feel like students are most anxious about right now? Well, you know, uh, I think a lot of students and parents took for granted how, how, comforting it was to come to a classroom where you could live, <laughs> where all the materials are there for you already you know it even goes to the point where if a student needs a backpack you know i provide them a backpack they need notebook paper pencil any sort of office supplies at my school i provide that to them so all they have to do is sit there and learn and now they're being forced to take more ownership of their own learning because nobody's standing over their shoulder telling them, hey, do this problem, turn to this page, get this done. Although, you know, like I said, um, my almost daily phone calls do serve as reminders, hey, you know, you've done this much work, you know, you got this percentage left to complete in so many days before the assignments due, you know, hey, parents, you know, help me out. So parents have actually been really helpful, uh, you know, because they want to get as many positive calls about their their students uh, at home performance as possible. Do you think schools will ever go back to having kids in classroom five days a week? Or do you feel like there'll be hybrid schedules for the next for you know year, two years, three years, or even longer? Well, as far as my unique space, which is alternative schools, this, uh, this uh, COVID-19 uh, pandemic has definitely provided us with opportunities to change up. So we're no longer are going to have to have all of our students on campus in the future. There's some students, you know, I'm, I don't like to talk about it too much, but there are some students who have great difficulty uh, being on campus or in classrooms with other students, you know, for various reasons related to their learning or emotional disabilities. Uh, you know, as well as a personal discipline, so forth. So in extreme cases, some of those students, you know, we now have a roadmap where we can effectively homeschool them and have their parents homeschool them and provide them all the support they need. You know, again, jump on the self on the telephone with them, bring up a Zoom session, and now, hey, I'm working out math problems with you on a whiteboard, you know, or I'm directing you to watch this little video highlight, uh, so forth. So. Uh, school districts around the country have been forced in a very short amount of time to build build in the technological capacity to offer homeschooling and alternative schooling options. And I think that's for the 
better. Yeah, makes sense. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more with Cato about life and education and life on the East Coast in Florida. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Zag. We'll be right back. Yeah, one of the things I was curious about, because we see Florida in the news frequently, oftentimes for some pretty wild and crazy things, but oftentimes for good news too. Uh, what is the state of affairs here on on this Friday afternoon in terms of opening up, not op- opening up? What kind of things are you seeing happen in the state? Well, I can no longer just jump on the uh, interstate, Eric, and get to <laughs> get to everywhere I want to go in five minutes yeah. <laughs> anymore. As of uh, this past weekend, uh, Florida's governor opened up the state for phase one. It's a multi-phase reopening. So, you know, restaurants are able to accommodate uh, customers at 25% capacity. One thing that's really, really cool, you know, for those that are, aren't too scared to go out and about is we have a, uh, or rather the mayor implemented an initiative this week whereby uh, certain streets have been uh, closed off. So restaurants are able to move their uh, clientele out into the street or onto the sidewalk now, uh, you know, to deal with the six feet between tables uh, guidelines. So that's pretty cool. You know, a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, how do you say, flexibility is being encouraged. You know, uh, I do see a lot of people wearing masks still. Uh, sadly, I see a lot of people who are not, <laughs> you know, and uh, are those close talkers and such, you know, so you do have to be careful. Yeah. Hey, last thing, I know you're you're working closely with a candidate who's running for election, and, and obviously we can't get too deep into it given NLC's C3 status, but I am curious what your uh, approach is to working with candidates at this time, since the normal tactics you would use to get out the vote and to spread the word on, on folks is pretty limited. What kind of things have you tried to do to re- replace that? Oh, man, I am abs Again, uh, I feel... I feel compassion, great compassion in my heart for those who are suffering at this time, you know, uh, certainly because this is a prevent the, uh, the results have been preventable, okay, uh, from leadership from the top down in this country. Uh, as far as professionally, yes, uh, I am a digital organizer for actually a uh, an NLC alum in the Tampa Bay area, which is pretty awesome. So, you know, she's uh, she has been a uh, professional mentor of mine in this local school district. And so I'm helping her fight, you know, to retain her seat against several uh, newcoming new challengers. Uh, but I am, as a tech former IT guy, I'm absolutely loving the fact that I can stay <laughs> at home. I have my laptops up, you know, I'm creating graphics, videos, you know, presentations, you know, I'm grabbing her pictures, uh, anything multimedia she sends me. And I'm tapping up, tapping a couple buttons, scheduling send outs, <laughs> you know, on a daily basis, I get all my work done and I don't have to travel anymore. And, you know, as far as meetings, Hey, I can have, I can tell my candidate like I did today, Hey, there's six meetings coming up, six civic meetings, you know, this caucus, that caucus, this democratic group, this uh, civic group, so forth, the rotary club meeting with the mayor, you can attend them all on zoom. <laughs> You don't have to leave your living room. It's a 10 second commute just from one Zoom meeting to the other. That's true. Right. So it allows me to actually uh, uh, give my uh, candidate the appearance of being everywhere 
that's a good because point. you know especially in those mediums where you know you can see your that are video enabled where you can see the candidate's face you know speakers up talking you see the my candidate you know and her name up there so everybody that's on the call or on the video knows hey you know uh candidate so-and-so is interested in what we're doing you know let's find out a little bit more about her so we're definitely going to uh, push out the vote for her and uh, vote by mail is something we're we're very much pushing uh, right now uh, as the next three months wind down. Love it. Good to hear. Well, listen, thanks for all you're doing for students. Thanks for all you're doing for democracy and organizing and all that good stuff. Thanks so much for joining us. And thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode of the Zag. Make sure to catch all the episodes we've dropped this past week featuring our amazing educators from the NLC alum community. We've got classroom teachers. We've got folks working on policy. We have all sorts of angles that are happening, trying to support kids and families in these tough times and beyond. Check those out. Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, all the places you get your podcasts. They're all there. So until next time, we'll catch you soon.